Thanks for joining the Capital Church podcast channel. For more resources and to learn more about Capital Church, please visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info capitalchurch.co. Welcome, church. We're delighted you're here today. This is our eighth week of Totally Online, and I want to say thank you for tuning in and being a part of our church community and what God is doing. It's been amazing, and uh, yet it's been challenging, and we've all faced those challenging times. I, I hope and trust that you've kept connected with many of the people in the church and friends and family during this time. I do have good news. Next Sunday, we're coming back to church. That's right. Next Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m., we will be here at church, and we have sent out an email. If you didn't open that email, you need to open that email so it will give you all the information as to all the details of what we're going to be be doing in that situation. Now, uh, there will be some changes, and you will see that in the email. And as you come to church, uh, we'll do a few things to comply with uh, all the different uh, things that the state has asked us to do. But we're coming back to church. And we're going to have a great time together as we celebrate, as we praise Jesus, as we spend time together and uh, participate in the house of God. Uh, for those of you who would still like to remain at home and watch online, we are, we're going to maintain an online presence. And so you can do that as well, and we will give you the times for that as well. So if you would like to stay home for a few weeks and, and participate in our online services, we are still going to provide you for that. So I'm excited about that as well. Uh, one thing, just to note, there will not, not be any children's ministry the first few weeks. And uh, the email will detail all of that. But I'm so excited because we're coming back to church. Do you know, uh, the number eight is the number of new beginnings. So at this eighth uh, Sunday and service we've had online, we're starting new beginnings and we're going to do some new things. It's going to be really exciting. And today's a great day because it's Mother's Day. And here we are uh, celebrating all of our mothers. I want to say a happy Mother's Day to all the moms in my life. My wife, Connie, uh, we're going to celebrate, have a great time. She's a great mom, great mother. My own mother, my mother-in-law, we've got Rochelle, we've got Kelly, all those in my family. We're just going to celebrate today as Mother's Day. And I want to just... Uh, recommend that all families celebrate mothers in a special way. It's going to be a little different for Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day is is the uh, Sunday or the day of the year that restaurants have the biggest attendance. Well, it's not going to be this year because there's no restaurants open for that. But at the same time, let's let's spend time celebrating moms and what they do for us. It's going to be a very special day. And I want to just say this. May Every mom listening to my voice, may you be blessed beyond measure. And may this be a special day for you. I want to pray for you. Father, I I pray for the moms right now. We pray a special grace upon them. I pray today that they would receive an impartation from heaven. You would encourage them. You would stir their faith. And they would know that they have been brought to the kingdom 
for such a time as this. So I bless them, and I ask that the Holy Spirit would encompass them and nurture them and renew them during this time. Now let this be a, a day of great, uh, great delight, a day of, of great not just information but transformation as we detail the Word of God and step out in faith to know what you have for us in this day, in this hour. Bless us now as, as we uh, lay out the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been talking about uh, the, This Is Us, that's the series, and I want to go a little, uh, a little further in, and kind of dig into that a little bit with the This Is Us uh, theme, which really is talking about the values of our house, the values of our community. And, uh, you know, we have faced unprecedented uh, circumstances that, that none of us have ever encountered before. It's just been kind of interesting because in all my days I've not encountered this and we've not faced anything like this. In fact, my 99-year-old mother-in-law, she says, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And she's in a, in a retirement home and, and they kind of lock them up and, and protect them, which is good. But uh, she's ready to get out. I mean, after 99 years not seeing anything like this and then having this, she's ready to get out. And I'm sure we're all itching to get out and, and do what God has called us to do. But I want to just mention this. You know, God was not caught napping over this whole situation, this circumstances. We are in this, and God knew it was coming, and God allows things like this, and he uses them for the sake of the kingdom of God. So I want to line out for you some things that I think are very interesting. I want, to talk, I want to go back to what I said a few weeks ago, talking about storm theology. You know, we've been through a storm. We've been, we're going through a storm right now. But the Bible is very clear what happens in storms. You see the storms in the, in the Bible that Jesus encountered several times on the Sea of Galilee and how the disciples responded. But I just here's some principles for storms theology. I want to remind you, you, you must go back to the word of the Lord before the storm, and after the storm is over, continue that. In other words, God doesn't say something. The storm comes, and then he revises what he's saying. No, he says it. The storm comes, gives us uh, something to go through, and I want to I want to share with you this morning what that storm will actually do in your life. But I want you to maintain faith in the word of God that God gave you before the storm came. And as this storm decreases and we get through it, let's go on through it and let's apply the word of God once again. And also you have to understand that it is in storms that Jesus reveals himself. You see in the, in the book of Mark, chapter 4, chapter 6, Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus is, is uh, in the storm with the, with the disciples, every time he's in a storm, the disciples see another side of Jesus. In other words, Jesus reveals himself in storms. I'm telling you, I believe if you will, if you will press into God and lean into what he's saying and doing, I believe you will see another side of God that you've never seen before. In the midst of this storm, Jesus will reveal himself. We also see that in every storm that Jesus encountered, Jesus always releases and gives supernatural peace. It's the supernatural peace that, that, that we receive. And I just want to encourage you to receive peace right now. I speak peace 
over every one of you this day. I'm believing that God's going to bring you through not just to to, uh, survive. He wants to bring you through the storm to thrive. And so right now, I'm, I'm praying that way. I'm believing that way. And this storm theology, I, I believe, will help us. The, the fourth thing is, in storms, we can step into another level of faith, another level of the supernatural. We see this when Jesus was walking on the water in the midst of the storm. The disciples saw him, didn't know who he was, thought it was a ghost, but, they, but Jesus reveals himself to them. And then Peter says, uh, let me walk on the water. And Jesus says, come. On that word, come, Peter stepped out on the water and walked in miraculous fashion towards Jesus. It wasn't until he started doubting what he was doing did he fall into the water. I'm saying right now that I believe God wants to establish supernatural things even in the midst of this storm. He's going to release miracles, supernatural happenings, because it's in the storm where you need a miracle. It's in the storm where you need Jesus to come and give you supernatural activity. So Jesus, or Peter walked in the water as Jesus asked him to. I believe that Jesus is, is inviting you right now to participate in miracles. He's inviting you to participate in miracles even during this time. Now, I, I felt like uh, during this season, We've all of us, we felt like we've been in prison. I mean, you stay in your home for hours and you kind of get into a routine at home. It's kind of like being in prison for a while or, or maybe in a desert or in a famine. You, you've all probably felt some of those situations in your life. But all through the Bible, this is when, when we're in these kind of situations, this is when God creates miracles, moves mountains, and parts or divides the water. It's just fascinating the, through the body of work in the Bible, through what God says in the Bible, and through the, the uh, uh, different characters in the Bible that God uses, we see that the difficult times are when God is moving them into a new level and dimension of the power of God. And it will release in their lives to do things they never thought they could do before. For instance, and I'm going to give you some examples of this, so we, we see the storm theology principles. Now we're going to move into the characters of the Bible that have encountered an immense opposition and terrible things and circumstances happening in their life. But we take, for instance, Joseph. Joseph was thrown in, in a pit, and then he was thrown in prison. And all through this time, God was working on him because God had a plan in mind for his life. And so in this situation, he was thrown in prison, was, didn't think he was ever going to get out, but God arranged circumstances for him to get out. When he was released from prison is when he interpreted dreams, he actually prophesied things, and all of a sudden he finds himself in a palace with, with great authority. In fact, he became the second in command in all of Egypt, and that came in the midst of a storm, because as he came out of the storm, out of the prison, he interprets, he prophesies, and basically, Joseph saves the world. So that was as a result of of storm. The storm thrust him into his destiny. I'm telling you right now, I believe this storm that we've gone through is thrusting hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of us into new destiny that God's going to give us. We also see Moses. Here's Moses in captivity with millions of of, uh, the children of Israel. 
God sends the plagues. And the plagues come and there's, uh, you know, difficulty. The circumstances are almost overwhelming. You, you don't even want to uh, know the, the difficulty that they face. But as we see, he, he walks in faith. He begins to listen to God. God takes them out of captivity, and the captivity is what thrusts them into miracles. God, Moses takes them into the desert where they praise and worship God, and then we see the miracle of the dividing of the Red Sea. That was started because of the captivity that Moses was in. And so we see that all the circumstances of life that surround us are the preceding elements that will release us into the miracles of God. We see also Esther. Esther was placed in a position she'd never been before, and her people were assigned to be killed. Well, she fasted and prayed, and we know the story of Esther in the book of Esther. And uh, because of her prayer and her fasting and her belief in God, God delivered them. But God places us in situations. We don't know what's going to happen. And she was, she was in torment. But as she prayed and fasted, God delivered her people. We also see uh, Ruth. Ruth was in a famine. Now, I could go through, uh, you know, character after character in the Bible, which I don't have time to do today. But here's, here's uh, uh, Ruth in a famine. She comes out of it, and she is blessed beyond measure, and she finds her husband, and she's placed in the lineage of Jesus, all because of a famine that forced her back to a land that she'd never been before. And so I'm, I'm believing that right now, many of us, though we've been in this storm, God is using the elements of the storm to actually thrust you into a new level of divine grace, mercy, abundance, uh, supernatural activity, and you will be most blessed after these storms, after these uh, situations that come in our life. <clears throat> Another man in the Bible was Elijah. I think this may be one of the most amazing stories of the Bible, and we see him in the book of 1 Kings, uh, beginning with chapter 17 and continuing through uh, the remainder of the, of the book, but we have the miracles of, of Elijah, and then we have Elijah confronting the prophets, and all of a sudden, he gets afraid. Now, here's Elijah. He's done all these miracles. I think he did seven amazing miracles in his life, and so we see him, after he gets done confronting the prophets and actually destroying them, uh, he hears that Jezebel doesn't like what's happening, and he flees. He flees to a cave. Now, frankly, I think many of us have thought we've had to flee to a cave recently. We're, we're kind of in these caves of, of our homes, and we haven't had the liberty we wanted. But, but uh, Elijah here flees to a cave, and, and God sends three things. He sends the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. All these circumstances around him. Everything seems to be falling apart. And, and, and if you're not careful, you will think around the world that things are falling apart around the world. Can I tell you right now, God is setting it up for miracles that we will see in the days ahead that we will say, only if we had that storm would we have marched through that and God thrust us into these miracles. And that was what was happening with, with Elijah. He went through the wind, the earthquake, and the fire, but God was not in any of that. And I tell you, God is not in this storm in the sense of him creating it or doing it. His voice came to Elijah through the still, small voice. It was a, it was a quiet. It was a still, small voice, and God speaks to him. 
And then God, uh, Elijah realizes what God's doing. He obeys the word of the Lord. He comes out of the cave and out of that cave situation, out of that dire circumstance, Elijah moves out and he goes from that cave and he releases the next generation of leaders and heroes in Israel. Did you know that? He, he actually went out and anointed three men that would be the next leaders in that, uh, in that area of the world. He released Elisha, who would become the next prophet. He released Jehu, who would become the next uh, king of Israel. And then he released, released Haziel, the next king of Syria. All these were ordained by God to lead elements of, of that culture and those nations at that point. I'm saying right now, I'm, I want to get a little prophetic here. I believe that God has allowed this situation that we're in right now, God is allowing us to come out of this storm, out of our caves, out of our famines, and God is going to allow us, this is, there's going to be a, a raising up of a new generation of warriors and leaders like we've never seen before. I believe that we will be like the men of Issachar. I, I think uh, we need to be, as the Bible says, the men of Issachar knew the times and seasons. I believe God's going to raise up another generation of Issachar men and women who will know the times and seasons. I believe there's going to be a new level of anointing for the church. As we come back together, God's going to anoint the church. There's going to come an impartation to the house of God, to the community of believers, both in the house and out, out, out of the house. And there's going to be a grace given to us. I believe personally God's going to raise up uh, business leaders and and. Uh, political leaders and ministry leaders to do things that we've never even, even thought of or dreamed of before because new levels and opportunities come out of storms and difficult situations and famines and caves. I believe uh, even like uh, during the Jesus people days, which I was a, I was a product of, the Jesus people days, uh, many of us, thousands of us, <clears throat> were birthed into ministry as a result of the difficult times in the Jesus people days. And I believe as, as a result, we're going to have the same thing, if not greater. God's going to raise up a whole new battalion of leaders and laborers in the house of God. As a result of this, we're going to get to the other side and God's going to start raising them up. They will know the voice of God. They will know the times and seasons. And they will, they will be prophetic and prayer filled. And they will move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what has happened all through history. If you go down the natural history of America, it was always in the difficult times that something happened in the very bowels of the, of the nation, in the very foundation of the nation that caused great men and women to rise up and to be victorious in the days following. I believe we're in a Kairos moment. I believe this is a Kairos moment for the church. And God uses these things in these times in history to produce the greatest leaders and laborers, to produce the greatest heroes. And I'm, I prophesy that right now, that there is, there is coming out of this uh, great scourge, as it were, or this great uh, difficulty in the land. God is going to raise up leaders. It was, it's as if, uh, the, the, and interestingly enough, that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, Luke 1, 17, it says that in the last days that, that leaders will come out in the spirit and power of Elijah. 
in the spirit and power of Elijah in the last days. I believe there is a releasing of the spirit and power of Elijah on the church and on you listening to my voice today that you will understand the times and seasons. You will anoint and you will go forward. There will be great capacity. There will be great anointing to do, to do things we've never done before, to see a great harvest, to see the, the greatness of God, to see miracles and signs and wonders in the supernatural. God is just now preparing us for that, this should not be looked at as a negative, difficult time, but as a time where God is preparing us to thrust us out into the greatest field of activity we've ever seen. So get ready. Let's believe God. Now, I want to I close today in the next few minutes. I want to talk about what, what we're going to need for this hour. We're going to need faith. I believe that this house is a house of faith, and we're going to need faith. Life is to be lived by faith. And faith is basically expecting the best. It's going into, in, into the, the things that, that, in, that you encounter, that the church encounters both personally and corporately. You expect the best. And uh, I, I love uh, Matthew 9, 29, where it says that, uh, uh, that we live by faith, and according to your faith, so be it. So whatever you have faith for, it will, it will actually uh, come into being, and I believe that. So during this time, as we prepare for, for what God is going to do miraculously, we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to allow God to just fill us with the Spirit. We need to be in the Word. We need to be filled with the Word. Fill with the Spirit, fill with the Word, and allow Him just to do amazing things in us. And another thing we need to do when we're moving into this faith level is we need to look for the good in God in our situation. Look for the good and look for God in our situation. Romans 8, 28, for those who love God, who are called according to his plan, everything that happens fits into a pattern for good. So I, I've often said this, things turn out the best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. I think of uh, Thomas Edison. He was 67 years old. He lived most of his life and a fire burned down his laboratories in New Jersey. Not only did he lose several million dollars in his equipment, but he lost all the records to most of his life's work. And the next morning, while he was walking among the charred remains of his laboratory, he said this, there is great value in disaster. All our mistakes are burned up. Thank God we can start over anew. And at that point, Thomas Edison turned a stumbling block into a stepping stone because he operated in faith. Also, we need to do this. Look at God, not the problem. Let's stop looking at all the, the problems around us. Let's start looking at God and see what he wants to do. See, God loves these kind of situations. This is, how he, this is when he excels because the Bible teaches us that. He excels in difficult times, in catastrophes, in, in famines. He does. And we need to look at God, not the problem. We were crushed and overwhelmed and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good, for then we put everything into the hands of God and for he can even raise the dead. And he did help us, and we expect him to do it again and again. That's 2 Corinthians. And we believe that, that uh, as we look at God, he's going he's gonna to do amazing things for us. You see, everything in the kingdom of God works by faith. It's all by faith. It is the currency of the kingdom. Faith is an eye to see the invisible. Faith is an ear to hear the inaudible, and faith is a hand to touch the intangible. 
You see, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Therefore, we need to allow our faith to arise. Scriptures are full of, it, of experiences between God and man, and it all has to do with faith. We see the faith chapter of Hebrews 11. We see person after person, how God honors them in their faith. Abraham was told to leave his country, his father's house, and his land and go to a place that God, God was going to show him. But that took faith. He had to take a step. Faith without works is dead. We've got to operate in faith and action. Throughout the Bible, uh, faith is emphasized as the necessary ingredient for man to deal with God and to live successfully. So I'm challenging you at this hour. Let's step up to another level of faith. Yes, we've gone through storms. Yes, we've gone through difficulties. But this is when God excels. And by your faith and trusting in God, he's going to do amazing, exciting things for all of us. You see, faith pleases God. Faith moves God to action. Faith is an attitude of our heart. Faith is knowing something that no one else knows. Faith is the currency of heaven. And faith is, is inextricably linked with the word of God. In other words, the source of faith is always the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Deuteronomy 8 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let's operate in the word of God, in faith, believing that he's going to do great things. Well, faith is, is basically is the master key that unlocks all of heaven's doors. Faith is combined with prayer to open up heaven to us. So as we pray, we allow faith to come, and it opens doors in heaven that pour out to us. We also realize that faith is a substance. It isn't just something that we think about. It's a substance. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is actually something. It's something, it's a substance, it's confidence, it's assurance. The Bible calls it the title deed. When you have faith, you have substance. And so faith, I, I like to say it this way, faith is, is, a, is a time thief. And I, I find this interesting. And I, I'm, I'm trying to explain this to you. Faith travels through time into the future and it feels the experience of a yet future event. And, but it feels that event in the now, in the present. Faith is not just pretending that it is there, but it knows it's there because it has the substance of the experience already in the heart through the word of God. Faith is the substance of that thing, and it actually feels that existing within, within our hearts right now. Because it exists inside me, I know it exists because the word of God can't, comes to me. It, it bursts something in me. And somehow my faith has transcended against normal time restrictions. It goes out and travels out into the future and it plugs into this faith thing and then it translates the substance back to the present to be in my life right now. You see, God lives beyond time. We live in time, which is, an, which is a created thing. But God, when, when we have faith, we go out into that which is not time. And we grab a hold of that which God has put into our heart and we drag it right back into the present. That is what I call, it's a time thief. We actually create it. And God, God sees the beginning from the end. And he knows everything that's happening. He's not limited by time and space. So he has things out in, in the area of his existence, in the eternity. 
And faith locates us with God in a timeless form. And what happens, we then bring it back into our lives and it becomes a time thief. I just, I just, I just imagine that. It's just amazing to me, to me. Faith deals with primarily two things. It deals with the future and the invisible. Faith deals with the future and the invisible. It deals with the unseen reality, but God then puts something in our heart which gives us eyesight into the future, and we grab a hold of that and bring it back into the reality of, of life and the present. It's like an um umbilical cord. It's connected from our spirit with that prayer request, and we feel the answer to our prayer as we continue to pray over the request, and it's this umbilical cord into something in the future that brings it back in. It connects us with our future and our destiny. And that's what we need to understand. If we, if we let go of our faith, we lose our direction, and we lose our destiny, and we'll become shipwrecked. That's why we must maintain and grab a hold of faith. Faith is also an additional sense to our five senses. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified says, Faith perceives as a reality what is not revealed to the five senses. Faith is basically like having an additional sense given to you. It's straight from the word of God. It's solid and has a foundation in God. It's an inner substance, an inner reality that cannot be seen by anyone else. That's why we're to walk by faith. Therefore, we don't wait until we receive a thing before we believe that we have it because we've already received it in our spirit because God has already given us the title deed or the assurance and that faith comes. You know, a hen sits on an unhatched egg for 21 days before anything happens. Now, here's my statement. If a bird with a brain the size of a pea can figure out that it has to stay with the project even though there's no seeming change in appearances or circumstances, shouldn't we be doing the same thing? In spite of circumstances, we can stand in faith and believe God. In Abraham's life, 25 years went by before his promise came to pass. 25 years. All that time there was no change in circumstances. Uh, there was no change in situations that he was facing, but he continued to locate himself with God and give glory to God for something that had already happened because he knew in his spirit he already had the reality of that occurring and it was just a matter of time before God released it to take place. Oh, faith is also an evidence of things not seen. Faith demands a willingness to give up what we can see for what we cannot see. I'm telling you, church, if we could grab a hold of faith in this hour, I believe that we would see the miracles that we've only dreamed of. We could see the power of God just uh, rolling and moving around us. So I challenge you as, as, as a church, let's rise up in faith. Let's rise up as, as individuals, as families, as the church. Let's believe God for things that we have, we have dreamed of, that God has put in our hearts, that have been prophesied over us. Let's not draw back, let's press in. Let's believe that this could be our greatest hour. Church, I just, I, want to, I just want to stir your faith. I trust today that you've grabbed a hold of, of part of this and you're going you're gonna to apply this. And as we come back together next week, we're going to have faith, believing that there's going to be the greatest days that Capital Church has ever seen. The greatest days of your family are just ahead of you. I believe it because I've seen it. 
I've drawn into the future and I've dr- I, I have an umbilical cord that's, that's describing it to me. And so right now, I just, I just declare and decree that you also are rising up in faith to see the greatest days we've ever seen. Church, I want to pray for you. Would you just join me with me right now and you just believe that, that uh, these words that I've taken from the Word of God will come and be illustrated in your life. And let's believe that this house will just be an example of the power of God moving in all of us. Father, I thank you for everyone listening uh, to this message. I believe that this is an hour that we have, uh, we have dreamed of, maybe believed for, for, for many, many years. But Lord, it's upon us. And I believe as we move through this, uh, this storm that has, we've encountered uh, in this nation around the world. I believe that you're setting things up for the greatest harvest, the greatest move of God, the greatest release of leaders and laborers we've ever seen. Lord, I believe that, that uh, individual families are going to see the blessing of God beyond measure as they just attach themselves to the faith that is existing in their hearts and that's attached to the Word of God. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, let us arise and let us begin to move forward in faith, taking steps of action for faith without works is dead. We're going to apply the works that you've placed in our heart to accomplish the faith of God. I thank you now in Jesus' name. May our church be a church of miracles and signs and wonders in the faith of God, always producing great and enormous things for the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, that you're doing it in a special way. Now touch all of us. Move all of us into a new level. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for another group of of people, if I could. I know some of you are sitting there today, and maybe you're asking the question, well, I don't know God like that. I don't know how God could move in my life like that. I, I don't have a relationship with him. Well, I tell you, in one short moment, you can, you can change all of that. In one short moment, all you have to do is ask Jesus into your life, and he can become the king, the Lord, the savior, and the guide of your life. It'll change everything. I guarantee it. And so I want to pray for you. If you, if you uh, want to receive Jesus today and receive him into your heart in a, in a way you've never experienced before, would you pray this prayer with me right now? And would you note on, online that you have done this as well? As we just pray this prayer, we're gonna, it's, it's, it's a prayer of commitment. It's just a prayer asking God to come in. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask that you come in right now and change me completely. Make me a brand new person. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are now the Lord and Savior of my life. I commit everything to you. Let me now come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you said that prayer with me right now, I believe that God is going to start working in you. I encourage you to get into small groups, get into the word, allow the spirit of God to to just change you. And let's believe for miracles for you in the days ahead. Church, I just, I, I, I feel like we need to pray for just one more thing. Let's pray for our nation right now. As we close this message today, let's pray for our nation, our president. Let's ask God that God would give our leaders an amazing wisdom during this time. So, Father, in Jesus' name, as a church, 
We lift our hands with our hearts and we ask, Father, that you would turn this nation back to you. We ask that there would be a healing of the land, that there would be a moving of God in America. And Lord, I pray specifically that you would, you would just begin to move into President Trump's area of influence, move into his heart, move into his, his residence, Lord, and begin to speak to him clearly. May wisdom come from him that, would, that could only come from God in heaven. I pray you would speak to our vice president, uh, Mike Pence, and encourage him and, 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 and just give release in his heart, wisdom and divine direction. Let strategies from heaven come to our leaders to establish a direction in America that would take us into a new level, a new strata of understanding the wonderful kingdom of God. Lord, we're praying this right now. Come, Lord. Lord, forgive our sins and heal our land. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. Thanks you for being here today. And remember, next Sunday, May 17th, we're all back here at church together, at least for those that you want to come. Come and let's, let's come back home. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day.